You're listening to the AntsMarching.org podcast, the new brand of AM radio. Welcome to the AntsMarching.org podcast. This is episode 440, so um, kind of a little a little bit of context to that, a little bit of meaning, uh, more than most. We promise not to make this a horrible one, but... You never know. It is. We are recording on a Thursday morning for at least the West Coasters out here. Um, we need a time zone calculator for Joe and Jake because apparently there's confusion as to try to line these things up. Anyway, sorry, I'm Matt. I'm joined with Jake and Joe. We, we got it together. Fellas, how you doing? I am very well. Thank you very much. I, too, am very well. Thank you very much. So just for the, for the people listening... Um, Ants Plus members get to get to listen live as well as watch at least some of us um, who are able to get on the webcam for for certain episodes. And Joe is in the middle. Joe is in the middle of his uh, tour, the tour day, the band, basically the, uh, Joe M two sets, and he's still in his clothes from the show the night before. He's sitting in front of some wall with a lot of like marker drawings on it. He's got a Coors Light in his hand. He looks like he's sitting in an alleyway, just panhandling. You should see the guy. I'm waiting. I wanted to see a brown paper bagger on that beer and really complete the picture. Well, I got a couple of friends I just met here in the in the alley with me. I might have them join in on the podcast, see if they can add something. Probably add something more than we can add. <laughs> if I see someone walk by you in front of you and you hold a cup up, I'm I'm out. I'm shutting it down. But uh, it's good to hear that you're all right, Joe, and and still awake and alive after you you know after playing being a part of you know the last you know seven out of nine shows or whatever it is it's it's impressive oh i don't know if it's that but um yeah i think for the last time we talked three more shows uh, that i got to check out um, okay. cleveland pittsburgh and uh, milwaukee you, just, and then, you uh, missed out on you missed out on the molson show in ontario and you missed out on the michigan show i did i did i wasn't able to get to those but um yeah, so a um, couple more band pulling out some tour debuts again, which I thought was pretty pretty awesome. But yeah, I'm reporting from from it's actually called Club Wasted where I'm at. It has a name, and that is um, wasted wa- wasted drawings all over the basement wall, um, signatures, um, and a lot of Alpine references, which um, uh-huh. it's kind of funny this kind of kind of funny this year. But um, yeah, so reporting from the alley. So, looking at the tour tour central stats on these shows, um, we were talking about this before we started recording. But it's it's really funny contrast to see the difference between the show rating and the show flow rating. Where the show rating is, you can go in after a show, you can enter in a review, and um, you give it a, a rating along a, a five star scale. It's really curious to see some of these shows, basically where your five-star rating is the overall feel of the show, and the show flow lets you break it down on a, on a per-song basis and then does the math from there. So it's really interesting that the Blossom show is, let's see, it is, if not one of, it is, let's see, three, it is the worst overall rated show and yet the highest rated show flow-wise. <laughs> what does that mean? It, it means that I came home from the show and I just didn't love it. And yet, when looked at song by song, it wasn't as bad as it felt overall, I would say. And I look at that set list, and I'm actually, I just finished listening to the show uh, yesterday, which was the second of 
July. And I really liked it. I thought the performances were really good. Bella was great. I mean, having Bella Fleck back is amazing. I really thought the set list was good, but apparently I'm in the minority. I'm looking at it. I'm very happy with, with Bella. Um, he's he's been, He's come on since then. I would think that first show, I would love to see him just guess with the band the entire set. If he's there, you know, I, I, that, I would really like to see that. Uh, but... Nothing really leaps out at me. I mean, it's a debut for Best of What's Around, which is really nice. Um, it would have been cool if it opened the second set, uh, but it didn't. But but I, I don't know. I think a closer like Gray Street, and it, it's not shake me like a monkey, but I think people are still getting sick of these closers. That's one of the questions um, we'll, that, that we'll get on onto later. But um, I'm not excited about a some double crash Gray Street encore. I'm going home disappointed with that. I wonder how much of that factors in, too, because the set looks good as as far as I can see. The Grace is Gone with Bella sounded fantastic, like you mentioned, best. Um, pretty nice um, acoustic set, too. Joe, I wanted to ask you, what was the reaction of the crowd when Bella walked out there in snow outside? Well, the I think he started to announce that there was guests, and everyone was excited, really excited that there was a guest coming. And then... Um, I think we you saw Bella before Dave announced him. He 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 was behind the step behind the the curtain or something like that. Um, but yeah, the crowd went crazy. They were really excited for getting Bella getting Bella there. So I mean, I was I was in, happened to be in the pit that night, and the pit all recognized him and was pretty excited. I'm not sure how the rest of the venue was. Did anybody know ahead of time? Were there you know sometimes. Uh, at venues like that in the pit, rumors will be bouncing around that, hey, I heard this is going to happen or that's going to happen. Um, if it was, I wasn't uh, conscious to it. I know Bella tweeted um, that he was that he was going to be playing um, with some special guests in Cleveland or something like that. And if you probably would have been following um, Bella's Twitter, um, you probably would have put two and two together. But I was I was in the dark about it. I don't know when that the timing of that tweet was, um, but yeah, everyone was surprised. Interesting. So, Joe, I saw you making a face when I was uh, kind of disparaging Gray Street as a closer, and and not only as a closer, but as a pretty popular closer on this tour. Um, what was that about? Um, We're just smelling your own self after not showering yet today. <laughs> you 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 want, you're saying Gray Street as a closer? Yeah, I, it doesn't really excite me. I mean, the crowd loves it. That's one of the songs that they like the most. I mean, that's the ones that they go crazy for. Um, you, you hear Gray Street, you know, um, Carter's first two um, hi-hat cymbal hits. They you know, yeah. started off. Yeah, and the crowd I, I like the song, crazy. I do. The people, people love it. And um, I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I think if you're hating on Gray Street, I'm, you just, I'm not it's time that. to find another. Not you, but I mean, really. There's a lot worse songs that could be closing. I guess I'm yeah. not used to it being a, a closer, so b- having it kind of be "quote unquote" upgraded to a closer is kind of a letdown. Maybe that's where I'm coming from, right? It's just uh, Gray Street is one of those songs. If you're just looking at the set, you probably just say Gray Street. And you don't really think, but when you're at a show and you hear Gray Street live, it's it just, it's just good every time. It just it's better than what just seeing Gray Street on the set list. You're like, oh, they play Gray Street. I've heard it, you know, a bunch of times. But the show is actually really good. You're you're right. Like uh, to that point, that Gray Street got a rating of eighty eight percent by people who are at the show, mm-hmm. and a fifty four percent by people who are not at the sh- not at the show. 
Yeah, to mean, your, that's a very good way to that's data to prove your point, Joe. And there you go. I like it. I like it. I've been <laughs> I've been asking everybody to vote that vote that way, so I'd have data to back up. Are, my are you are you skewing this? Are, are you tilting things in your favor? Yeah, I signed up to ten different accounts and just to, to help. <laughs> so, so, so the following night, sorry, I was just going to no, go ahead. To, I was just about to click on it myself. Yeah, to Pittsburgh, I noticed that Bella came out and did a nice run. Oh, it's a great at the run. end of the show with uh, "Don't Drink," typical drunken soldier. Uh, cornbread, everybody's favorite. Uh, Gray Street, which we may have just mentioned two seconds ago. Um, so that's a nice little run there for Bella. That was insane. I think when he came out um, for for digging a ditch, you're like, "Come on, stay on for more." And he, he stays on for "Don't Drink." You're like, "That is awesome." And then typical, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, typical!" And we're getting Bella, and you're like, "Well, that's got to be the last one." And then he still plays three more songs, Drunken Soldier, which was a tour debut with Bella, and then Cornbread, which he absolutely dominated, which you would expect, but um, I think that was he played that one the best out of them all, and then obviously Gray Street. So it was nice to have a third of the show, it felt like, with um, with Bella. How Soldier yeah. sound with him? It was good. Yeah, it was good. I, I mean, I liked it. It was, it was a nice little ads. Um wasn't like anything really overly banjo or stick out solo section or anything like that. It was just kind of playing along. Since you've heard Cornbread with Danny Barnes live, which we mm-hmm. saw in 2009, and now you've seen Cornbread with Bella, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't want to turn it into a this versus that because they really are different in the way they perform. But how would you compare and contrast them if you could, Joe M? Jeez. Racking my memory on the specifics of the Danny Barnes one, but um, well, maybe it's just what did what do you think was different about that cornbread? Let's put it that way. I liked it. I, 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 I maybe it's I, maybe yeah, maybe that's what's different. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. I could be saying a lot if I didn't like it beforehand, and all of a sudden now I like it. But um, it it, it, the, it made the song. It was just so much better and. Um, Bella was Bella was way into it. He was freaking up and down the entire banjo fret there, playing a whole bunch of stuff. So um, I dug it, and um, I think it made the song, you know, that much more enjoyable. So I, I can't remember. I think it probably had the same effect when Danny played it, but I really feel like the Bella one was better. But it's probably I'm thinking that just because I just saw it a couple couple days ago, and it's fresh in my memory. I happen to think that the best song that Bella Fleck guests on with DMB is Typical Situation. So for you to hear that, that's pretty good. And you know how much I love Typical Situation. So this is two weeks in a row I've had very positive comments about the song. Yeah. I've, I've, I, thought, I thought I just was probably mind-blown just in Bella being there and how many songs he was playing. I think I just added to added to the fun. I mean, I don't. that's got to be a... Bella number of songs in a single show top, right? Has he ever guessed well, more than six? Have ever done a oh, full yeah, show? He, yeah, he's done a full show. He did a, a full show back in in 1998. When was the full, when was the full show? On that uh, December 98 ah. tour, he stayed on for a couple of shows. I actually saw Bella back in 1996, which was his second guesting uh, performance with the band um, in December 29th, 1996, because I'm old at the old U.S. Air <laughs> Drink. Arena. Um, and Bella came on, thank you, and played with a typical situation. That was the first time I saw it, and I remember thinking, "Wow, that was really, really good." Uh, I find that the acoustic set for that 
uh, Pennsylvania show might be the most interesting one so far. You've got two-step, and uh, what would you say, which have both been played 14 times out of the 19 shows. Um, so that, not exactly any surprises there, but you've got the second showing of Beach Ball, the second showing of Little Red Bird, and the first show of uh, Christmas Song, which that is... Uh, that's quite a bla- that's quite one from the past on that one, um, especially in the middle of the summer. That's kind of interesting. I yeah. think. What, what was the vibe there, Joe, when that came out? Um, you know, uh, it was kind of weird because they had the full band out there with, um, you know, what would you say, which was awesome as it's been this tour. Um, and they went all the way down to just like Dave and Carter only. Um, and then, you know, then they went Dave Carter. Tim, you're like, what songs are they playing, especially after Little Red Bird with just you know, the three of them, um, and then Christmas song, and everyone kind of just looked around and was like, holy crap, this is awesome, I can't believe they're playing Christmas song, um, and it kind of just went with it, you know, it was just kind of a nice change um, from the sets, I mean, that's the, that's the only thing, is the acoustic sets, there's, you know, you get whatever, six to eight songs, or ten songs, however many it is, I guess it's probably more around eight songs, um, and there's been a couple, pretty much a lot of staples in that set that are, are pretty much every other show, that they're going to get played. So um, just a few changes in the acoustic set. Sadly, that's what people are getting excited about uh, because there's not too much else to, that, that lately to get excited with the acoustic set. So when something like Beach Ball gets played, which you know was well, maybe only the second time or so in the tour, and um, then Christmas Song, I guess, sadly, that's what makes a good acoustic set. It was just cool to hear the song. I don't know that it made the acoustic set that much Well, better. I don't think you don't really hear any other way than acoustic normally. Yeah. Exactly. The so last the last time it was played was December nineteenth, two thousand twelve. That was ninety three shows ago. Hmm. So was it, it? its overall rarity index is uh, a little over eight. So basically, it's played roughly at about eight percent of the shows uh, that have been performed since the song debuted all time. So uh, basically, you know, a little less than one out of every ten shows you'll see Christmas song on average. But I think those numbers are really buoyed by all the winter tours that are that are put up too. So. To have it during a summer tour, I think, is is the real rare aspect of that song. Hmm. Absolutely. Joe, is the uh, crowd, since you've seen every show this year twice, um, has the crowd recently finally accepted that the riff is a fantastic song and they're finally getting into it, or are they still <laughs> lackadaisical? Lackadaisical, no without that's, question. That's just absolutely insane to me. That people like the, they, People like the end, and they're kind of like, oh, they kind of – stop talking or um stop just kind of in their basic sways and but for the most part it's once when it gets started playing they're like oh okay that's that absolutely boggles my mind that is one of the best songs off of um away from the world and i really 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 think that people need to get behind it and support it it's a slow burn kind of song though um, well, it's it's like a good cigar. It starts off with a nice slow burn, and then it finishes strong. Yeah, but how Isn't many people you do you know that? I don't disagree with you, but how many people do you know that really like cigars? I don't think that's a mass market kind of thing. Well, that's their fault. Well, hey, true, true, true that, true that, but it's still the reality. I, the perception, perception is reality. I understand. The rift is the tatuaje of the cigar world. Pete Johnson. Exactly. That's that's a nice obscure reference for everyone. In case that's one of the things that makes you drink too obscure references. <laughs> uh, we also got the second suite. Uh, did I say that? I didn't say that because we got the Christmas song. It was you, you've had the second showing of three songs in the uh, in the 
acoustic set and the first showing of a song. So basically half the songs in the acoustic set acoustic set were uh kind of new to that essentially, which is a good thing because uh I think we all agree that the acoustic set's gotten a little bit stagnant. We did have a run in the middle of the show of seven if only and Jimmy thing where you see the ratings crater. Um everybody's favorite Jimmy thing is what it is. Uh, but if only, Jake, you wanted to talk about this. It seems to be getting a lot of flack. Yeah, this is a question that also came in through um, through the Twitter. Somebody asked about if only. And, and I really, I truly, this is like the riff to me. I don't understand why people are, are not with it, except for the fact that it's slow. It's a very, very, very good song. There's, I don't even think it's that slow. I think it's more quiet. Yeah, it's just got that feel. Not everything has to be fast-paced and and... You know, and then when everything is fast paced, you go, oh, now I don't like shaking like a monkey. So, you know, it's 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 like the Simpsons thing. You want all your groceries in one bag and you don't want it to be heavy. You know, make up your mind. You either want it to be fast or you want it to be some, you know, slow. It's one or the other. And and people bagging on if only is another one of those things that I don't understand. Well, it's another thing that if only and belly belly nice seem to be. Well, we saw the riff and starting to come out. But again, away from the world still. I, maybe we're seeing a, a, the tide turning, right? With drunken soldiers showing up, we might be seeing the tide turning on, on Away From the World. But still a very underrepresented album on this tour. Absolutely. It's been underrepresentative, uh, underrepresented for two years now, and people like it. It's still popular, although they're not on board with If Only in the Rift, but that's beside the point. Um, I, I, really, I, I still don't understand why Broken Things hasn't been played. That one is a mystery to me. So what are we missing? We're missing broken things. We're missing belly full. Um, I, I think he played belly full this year. Did they play it once? He might have. Uh, that, that does ring a bell. Um, I want to see here. How it Maybe it's down. one of the shows Joe only went to once, so he doesn't remember. Let's see how it breaks down by album. Uh, we've seen seven songs off of the album. Belly, 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 nice if only. not No belly full, uh, Jake. Snow outside, rooftop, the riff, sweet, drunken soldier. Uh, maybe it's weird. The perception is that the album's getting no play, but in actuality, it's like three songs, three or four songs off the album haven't showed up. Yeah, it's still, it's, you know, and, and they haven't played Mercy, and I don't think anybody's bringing no. Mercy signs. Mercy, no Mercy, no Gaucho. I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's fine okay with, with me. okay with that, too. Yeah, really, anything but Mercy. But uh, st- I just, if only is just a nice, chill song. I'd rather hear if only... 10 out of 10 times over Prada's Monkey. Yeah. It's it's, I mean, it's rarity trend is up. It's trending up. Historically, it's played at 46% of the shows, which is damn near one out of every two. Uh, this this tour has been played at 65%, so two out of every three shows we're seeing, if only. Belly Nice, uh, three out of four shows uh, this tour. So, so basically, you can't avoid Belly Nice if you tried. No, and it's good. I, I really think it's a great song. Um I do too. Vocally, and... musically, it's 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 a really good song. But I see that turning into "Shake Me" if they're not careful. Yeah, I could see that, and um, that would be a absolute crime because it's. I think it's a much better song than um, than "Shake Me," even though I do defend "Shake Me" still. But I, that's the last thing I want to do is see fans turn on another song just because it's been played too much. I, that's a really good point. I actually. Completely agree with you, Matt. That seems like that it has a very high possibility of happening. They both are in, you know, they're both in this, you know, category of 
upbeat, you know, uh, fast-moving, hitchy songs that poppy in the poppy kind of way. So they're fun concert going, especially for people that are, you know, maybe not big Time Day Matthews band fans. That it's kind of a constant beat that's going poppy format. Um, and if they, it so it makes it good for a concert concert song. Uh, but if they start playing as much as Shake Me Like a Monkey, then people are just going to get burnt out by it. I think Belly I mean, Belly Nice has a, a stronger hook than Shake Me. I, I agree with I you. I agree, yeah. 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 And it's about jizzing on someone's chest. Oh, so it's, no, no, it's not just about that. It's about what well, you afterwards. Yeah, it's, it's actually about the, the piece de resistance of it. But it goes a step further, and by step I mean about an eight-yard step. Yeah, that's... Hey, unrelated to that, what about that lyric, um, eat your belly jelly? <laughs> Unreli- Joe, ask your mom. It's <laughs> my answer to anything inappropriate. Oh my goodness gracious! Yeah, it's uh, just a, it's just a brand of uh, like jelly jam, right? Something like that. Yes, it's like shake me like a monkey's about eating lobster. Yes. <laughs> hey, random question. I was just looking at the the album song trends and how remember two things is like trending up almost every song except for. Um, Christmas song, which oddly enough is historically trending down because it's rarity index for this tour is only 5% where the historical is, you know, a little over eight. Um, but the only other song on, on remember two things is trending down from its historical average. And it's only by a fraction of a percent is one sweet world. Did they do the, they didn't do the full intro, uh, this year when they played it, did they? Which intro? They didn't do the traditional jam intro, which was actually the original intro from Yeah, what's it. going yeah. on with that? Why did that dis- – I mean, obviously things change and songs, you know, get mixed up every once in a while. But you would think it's high time to get the intro to One Sweet World back. I, I agree with you. And, you know, the funny thing about that is we actually, we the fans, have a recording of the very first One Sweet World. It was uh, one of the songs from 1991 that actually exists out there. And Dave actually introduces – one sweet world as a brand new song and it still has that jam intro at the beginning and i think that's the same show he explains where they had this one song and they couldn't do anything with it so they just threw it on the front of this other song so the the jam intro has always been there it's always been part of one sweet world so it really it it bugs me that it's not there anymore i realize that songs change like you were saying but still i really like the intro oh it's it's one of the nicer pieces of guitar work that Dave does. I mean, it's right up there with, you know, essentially 34. It's it's just really nice. Everybody loves it. And it, and and I think the best part, and geez, my God, it gives me chills just thinking about it, when he goes slow right at the end and he plays that last, um, that last little bit of the riff and Carter comes in splashing on the cymbals and the entire crowd just, like, says thank you almost and then they go into the actual song. I think you're really missing a, a big experience by cutting that out. You know what I'm talking about, Irma? Do I do I have to sing it? I I was waiting for Joe to jump in, but no, I I agree with you, and <laughs> I always thought that was kind of like the best part of the song. It honestly. is, yeah. Well, like what's odd about those two? So we'll move on to the to last night's show, but those two shows, show flow wise, both rate sixty, which are tied for the highest rated show flow based rating of the tour. The next one and the former uh, heavyweight champion of the world was uh, SPAC Night 1 with a 59% show flow rating. So both uh, 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 Blossom, which, again, probably my favorite venue in the country, and um, First Niagara Pavilion in Pennsylvania, which I would never go even if you paid me to be there. Or 60. Hey. Sorry, it's PA, man. I'm from New York originally. What do you, what do you want from me? <laughs> uh, both rate uh, 60%. Um, also, 
the Blossom Show, uh, out of the 20 shows that they've played so far this tour, the Blossom Show is the fifth rarest show, with the rarest song being Best of What's Around. The following night in Burgettstown, 18th rated rare show, uh, with the rarest song being Christmas Song. So just a very kind of curious little um, change there in the rarities of the show themselves. You can check that out right on Tour Central, the uh, the main page of that. So last night, Marcus Amphitheater in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Joju, I see you're drinking a Coors Light, which is probably, I don't know if that's heresy up there or not. I'm down for it if I'm going to drink 100 of them. But you're in beer country. What's going on? Um, I'm drinking a lot of uh, Miller also. So uh, there's a lot of beer just in general being consumed. Um, yeah, and most of it American or, or all of it American. Depends on what you, your, by your definition, yeah, just beer. You're drinking micro or macros. You got any micros up there that are good? Do you even oh, know what a macro is? Do you know what the difference between a macro and a micro is? Micro is what you have below your belt. <laughs> this guy with, uh, with his last name with ending with the letters SKI does not know the difference between macro and micro. I'm surprised. Oh, give me a freaking break. I know. Yes, we are drinking macro beers uh, because we are drinking quantity yep. and not quality. Yep. I Hey, I can get behind that. Mick Ultra is my go-to for, you know, double-digit consumption. Ugh. Well, that one's just like water. What, I mean, what's the alcohol in Mick Ultra? 4.2%, like probably as much as that Coors Light you're drinking. That's disgusting. I and actually, it says on the can. And actually, the big beers vary state by state. Certain states have more alcohol content than right. others. You got Labatt Blue up there? Yeah. That's not a thing in the West Coast. I'm just That's why I'm asking. Oh, 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 oh yeah. Labatt Blue, Labatt Blue Light, Labatt Blue, some prime. I like LBL. I think it's okay. A bunch of stuff. Yeah. Well, okay, so on to the Milwaukee show. Uh, opening with a cover, uh, the Paul Simon slip sliding away. Uh, let's see. The first rhyme and reason of the tour, which was cool. Uh, how did got, that sound? Yeah, how was that? It was cool. It was really good. Um, pretty, you know, pretty early on coming out. Um, but it was it was nice to get a little bit something different and unique and um yeah, I think the crowd was into it. Well, how, um, how was it acoustic? Because I'm sorry to step on you, Jake. I'm just I was thinking Carter really drives that uh, drives the pace of that song with a. How was that acoustically? Probably pretty similar. Hard hard to say. See, it sounded sounded very much the same. So you know, I don't I don't know that it had that much difference. At least that that I could tell. I will say. Uh, related to this Marcus Amphitheater um, setup, and I don't know if there's been a lot of reaction online yet. I know there has just from people that went to it. It was set up like you were going to um, a, a, the most rowdiest of concerts you would ever go to. Security was absolutely insane. They actually didn't let anybody into the venue until after 6.30. Nobody wow. could get into the venue until after 6.30. The, sh- the sh- ticket showtime is 7.00. Um, and they had just massive lines, just all built up, all the gates closed. And it was a mess, you know, letting warehouse people in early, which was great. But then they took you to like a staging area for another 15 minutes. And then the way that they have the venue up, up then you set up, they had security at every, every spot that you could imagine. There was like a checkpoint for lack of a better term. And, you know, venues have, you know, um, the lower, lower pavilion, upper pavilion, you know, lawn, you know, same kind of setup. 
you couldn't walk between the upper and the middle pavilion and get up to the middle, medium pavilion, you know, upper pavilion seats. You couldn't go, couldn't walk in that, that section between them, go up. They had all of that blocked off. Every, every, every stair step had um, metal fencing or, you know, uh, barriers with a, a security guard at them. You had to go all the way outside, go up to the top of the lawn area, and then come down to your upper pavilion seats. And there was just security everywhere, and the pit was very strange. It was like they only took out like uh, like fifteen rows, twenty rows from just the middle section, so just like a section two hundred, um, and they had just two small entrances that they were scanning tickets, and they were scanning tickets at the entrance, scanning tickets when you entered the pit, remarking their tickets, your ticket twice. It was just an absolute insane fest for um, for security. So all that long winded to tell you is, um, I actually. Um, watched some of the acoustic set from uh from the top of the lawn um because it was such a mess so um i think rhyme and reason part of my part of my listening um was from the top of the top of the lawn there um and i think it sounded pretty similar i don't think they changed that much but might be hard for me to say so let's see the 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 night before the dave matthews band show one republic was at Marcus Amphitheater. Yeah. Two nights before that, it was Outcast. I was just thinking maybe there was some kind of really heavy hardcore show. That's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking too. Like it was set up for like you were gonna have two rappers that didn't like each other and (laughs) they're gonna battle and East and West Coast going at it. Yeah, and like that's gonna happen at Summerfest. Going down at Summerfest, they had so much security. It was, and you had to show your ticket for everything. Um, Yeah, it was pretty. Pretty annoying. Bruno uh, Mars was there last week, man. That chick could really sing. <laughs> <laughs> there, there were uh, a lot of um, people dissatisfied, as you were, Joe, reading the thread on the um, Marcus Amphitheater place. So, yeah, yeah. You're, you're not the only one. Well, somebody made a statement to the effect of, okay, hey, it's been, how many years has it been since they played there? Um, I don't at, le- at least by. 10. Yeah, uh, so they played Summerfest there in '99, so 15 years. Yeah, that's that's what somebody said too. So 15 years. So somebody says, "Hey, do you think they'll play um, here again? Maybe in like another 15 years?" And <laughs> multiple people said, "Not not nothing to do with the fact, you know, 15 years later there was the band bay, but all about. No, I would never go back to that venue. Even, even you know, they did just there was a nightmare. That last I would, show, I would June 28th, so right around the same time of year. Well, of course it's Summerfest, right? You got Pig, Don't Drink, Stone, Drive and Drive Out, Rhyme and Reason, Jimmy, Cry Freedom recently, Jane, Crush, What Would You Say, Long Black Veil, Two Step, Heartbeat, PNP, Rapunzel, and 40 and Watchtower in the Encore. That's not too bad. That show is available for the download, by the way, on Ants. So. That was the very first time that Pig opened. Well, there you go. Wow. How do you know that? We've been talking about it. I'm at Summerfest. We're talking about the last time that they were there. Oh, yeah. all right. Look at that a little context. Uh, um, but yeah, it's, um, it was it was a little bit of a mess of a venue, um, and probably for the people that were already sour about Alpine, um, how do you make them more sour? Put them in a venue like um, Marcus with super strict um, security and pain in the butt experience, and I'm sure they're really loving the change from Alpine to Summerfest. <laughs> well, not to dwell on the negative, but you mentioned uh, Stone was played 15 years ago, and Stone was played again last night for only the second time. This tour, um, another song that is greatly, greatly underplayed. In fact, that was the song that was voted by fans, quote unquote, in our 
poll that we did a couple years ago as the number one best song that DMB does. So I'm assuming that people were happy to hear that last night. Oh yeah, definitely. A lot of did a little uh, uh, FaceTime calls to uh, share the share the stone with some friends that couldn't make it. Um, yeah, it was it was a nice treat to get. Love Stefan on the on the bass on that one. Excellent song. Really underplayed. Really needs to be played a lot more. Which speaking of Stefan on the bass, I think I've uh, sent a couple tweets about it. But for the first song of each of the electric or full set openings um stefan has been running a gopro on the end of his bass guitar so um i'm interesting to see what that is going to turn into if that's just for his own little personal collection or they get a little bit of a little video from that I don't know, i'm hmm. interested to see if that's part of you know um dave matthews band productions you know they make the little youtube videos and stuff like that and that's just part of that or is that you know part of his per or some other little project he's working on. Um, very curious to find out. I'm psyched about the start of the, of the second set at that show. Um, Minarets and the Stone and Jane saved me. I think that's an awesome, awesome way to start the second set. Um, you could even switch Stone and Minarets. Actually, I I just think the Stone for an opener is fantastic. And Crush, which I think is a very good song still, and and I actually like write a song. Yeah, I like write a song too, and that's the second time that showed up. Um, not since the middle of June have we seen that on this tour. Yeah, was, he was new, he was noodling, and I was like, "Oh, I know this is right song." And yeah, people were actually pretty shocked that we got right a song. They were happy about it. So, Belly Belly, which was not rated all that high, it was kind of uh, after seven. I think it just for whatever reason the sour feeling was still there. Um, if only, <laughs> if yeah. only was. Uh, the low point of the show, show flow wise, even lower than the shake me closer. Um, this is what's interesting. Jake and I were talking about this before you hopped on Joe. Uh, usually we've seen the people who are at the show rating trend a little bit higher than the people who weren't at the show where you've got, you know, I'm sitting at home and I can say, you know, we were talking about that earlier with gray street and all that. Right. Um, if only by attended users is a minus 77%. Whereas those are people at the show and people not at the show was only a minus 52%. So the people who are at the show are actually more pissed off about that song than the people who were not at the show, well, uh, which, which I find interesting. Yeah, that's, 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 a, that's definitely a different swing of voting where normally you, fit, you figure those attended are always going to be slightly higher than those that didn't. And the fact that there's a number of songs from last night's show that are getting rated lower... I think just says something about, you know, people being a little bit um, over a couple of those songs. And I think the highs are higher, and that also might mean the lows might be lower. I think that it just might be a little more passion maybe um, to that, where you're going to see the extremes on both ends of the scale be a little stronger for the people who are at the show. Right. True. Yeah. Still breaks my heart. It's just... I just don't. I don't get the if only. I don't get the rift. Well, I don't understand why people are on it. Apparently, on it. warehouse was the cure for all ales that are if only because talk about a swing where the <laughs> the uh, the uh, the rating for people not at the show was a perfect one hundred for warehouse, and the rating for people who are at the show was ninety four percent positive. So talk about a bottom to top swing. That was apparently the cure for that lull in the. Sh- that was the only real lull in the show. Was uh was that seven um, belly nice if only run, and um, we got to we got to do a little uh, calculation on that. that. Is pretty cool. I mean, 
is there a, is there a two song that had a bigger gap than that? If only at that whatever you said, you know, yeah, um, negative point seven or something, uh, all the way up to, you know, a, one, practically a one, yeah, yeah, for for warehouse, that is a big swing, uh, right there, pretty much as nearly as big as a swing as you can have. Which surprised me because I think Belly Belly Nice is typically rated a little bit higher than a essentially neutral. But in this case, after seven, it was not well received. So it was kind of low, low, and then it just took a dive with if only, and then rocketed to the top with warehouse. Mm-hmm. Really interesting. Yeah. And, and seven actually was a little bit on the positive side for people at the show, which is something I've been saying for a while that it's people that are at the show don't give it the negative reaction that people on the boards give it. Yeah, that is a little bit of a gap. You've got a minus point I don't know if two. I do that. And a, and a positive point one, so you've got a, you know, a thirty percent swing there essentially, or you know, three tenths of a point swing between at the show and not at the show. You seven. disagree? You disagree, Joe? Yeah, I think seven is overplayed. Yeah. But you've uh, but you've actually heard seven. Dates. I was just gonna say. I mean, you've you've actually heard it, you know, a hundred times. So. <laughs> I mean, it's not me. It's the it's the general reaction when. You see Dave set, you know, his typical opening to the song, you know, it's, you know, this song goes a little something like this and he does like a little dance that's, you know, kind of funky. Um, and you're like, oh, Did you do that again one more time, Joe. I just want to make sure I'm looking at it again. Oh, I'm so sorry for the people who don't get to see this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even get to see it. Okay. I see what the heck I'm looking like. Um, when he does that dance, um, can you do it one more time, Joe? Just, just one more time. <laughs> you got your, everyone can... got your screen capture yeah. software going. <laughs> Um, let's see. This song, this song goes a little something like this. Oh, there he goes. Oh man, <laughs> Joe is gyrating in a hypnotic way. You know what? Joe hasn't <laughs> had a shower yet, but now I need one. <laughs> That's like staring into a cobra's eyes right there. You're oh. just mesmerized. Oh, douche chills. <laughs> Back to seven. Um, when he does that, and everyone's like, "Up oh, seven, it's kind of a meh." And um, I think it's been—I mean, we've been listening to seven for years now. I think it's time for a break. Yeah. Well, and after Warehouse, it stayed pretty. The ratings stayed really uh, very strong all the way throughout the rest of the show, uh, save for the encore. Needle in the damage done was pretty neutral. I gave it a negative. I don't like the song, or at least I don't like Dave's cover of it. Um, I think Drunken Soldier is awesome. And then again, everybody's favorite Shake Me. It's just like you just draw a cliff at the end of the uh at the end of the show flow. So a really uneven um encore for me. But um Drunken Soldier is pretty strong in that spot. I wouldn't even you know I, I guess how do you how do you make that completely close the show being the second or third encore? I don't know if you can, the way they jam it out, and that's okay with me in in, a, in an encore one spot. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's good there. Yeah, I'm I'm not crazy about it being in the encore. To be honest with you, I just I I'd rather it be someplace else. Yeah, I was like actually thinking that when I got played. It's like I like it as an encore. But I was actually thinking about it last night from the show. Like for people that aren't normal, long you know, big time day fans, um, that probably just feels like such a weird song to get in the encore. I mean, I think a lot of fans like it because of the kind of sound it has and you know the uniqueness sound it has. But as far as like an energy level goes and where you want to be. You know, closing out the show. Um, it's more of a you know chill, chill you know, kind of space out song. Maybe it could close the first, not the acoustic set, but maybe it could close the set 
And think about this. You know the little jam they do at the end where it just kind of keeps on going and um, really, you know, we've talked about that before. Imagine one band member at a time goes off the stage. Like Dave thanks the crowd. See you later. You know, it's, you know thanks everybody. Good night. And then walks off the stage. And then maybe Boyd does or whatever. And then it's just like Jeff. Jeff left behind playing that. And then eventually he walks off. Do you, do you see, like, the end of that song makes me want to think something different can happen. Joe, you're saying absolutely effing not. <laughs> no way. Oh, God, that would be, like, just intro band intro band showmanship um you know in, in like beginner band showmanship you know what everyone you know everyone would go nuts if they did it you know it would happen oh oh come oh, on it'd be terrible oh. i don't like that idea at 90% all 90% of people at a concert have such a severe case of pissier they would like it if you went up there and farted into the mic and you know it <laughs> just the fact that that's different people would go crazy i'm telling you uh now, well, whether, whether it would work or not technically i don't know Oh, well, speaking about going, I mean, we pretty much knew Shaken was going to come. He just kind of felt it timing wise, where we were with like time left in the concert, that it's going to be a quick one. You know, it's going to be probably Shake Me. So we kind of mentally prepared, bummed when it started. But then it's actually people are like doing the extreme opposite, like to co- overcompensate is like just act completely crazy and just dance like an idiot to it because what, what else are you going to do other than kind of embrace it so actually see people going dancing and going more crazy for shake me um than they have ever before but it's mainly because they're, they're doing it out of you know let's make something out of this <laughs> so Jake, how's, how's the daycare going i was just uh I, I think uh i think he's playing mario kart 8 now and i think he just got cut off in traffic is from what i can <laughs> that's the kind of screaming it sounds like so that's the that's the big, uh, you know, the the plusers got all the Mario Kart Eight going. So that that's that's violet right there. Let me tell you. So uh, to wrap up Joe's little mini tour again, uh, you know, we've been at the last three. What's really cool? I wanted to mention. I wanted to call out a Mr. Tom Gambic uh, Gambic Gambicler. I think is how you pronounce his last name. He's also probably better known as Rockin' Man. He's um, one of the headlining tapers out there. He seems to have. Um, a pretty good footprint in terms of coverage on the tour. Not only are his tapes awesome, but uh, he seems to get them out wicked fast. So basically, it's almost like the last four or five shows have come out the night, uh, the morning after the show, the night before, which is just a ridiculous turnaround time. The two-week rule still stands for courtesy, but this guy has blown the doors off that. So, Tom, thank you very much for your, your commitment. Um, they've been awesome recordings. And it helps you know all these people relive. So all those downloads, yes, available on AntsMarching.org for free, of course. Um, thank you very much, Tom. Absolutely. I guess uh, that's a good time as any to break. I mean, we've been at it for uh, a little over 41 minutes on our 40th podcast. Um, when we come back, we'll, we'll take some questions uh, from, the, from the masses, of course. We've got a lot of Twitter questions to get to. Um, we're just going to take a quick break here. We'll be back. Sometimes I forget how much I want you back again, back again, or maybe it's again.
All right, welcome back to the AntsMarshall.org podcast. We have got your questions. We've got your Twitter questions. Uh, Jake, I'm going to throw this one to you. Um, Andrew Radden, uh, at that Radden guy, asks, Ants Marching, in honor of podcast number 40, and by the way, thank you, Andrew, could you list your favorite number 40 recordings? Well, the top of the mountain is Yoshi's, and if you don't think Yoshi's is the best number 40, then you need to have your head examined. That is the end-all, be-all to all the 40s. I know some people like one of the ones from 98, and some of the one, some people like the one from... Um, Back. From SPAC, yeah, which is which is which is very good. The one from SPAC is very very good. It was released on the Warehouse Disc a couple years ago. But that Yoshi's performance is the absolute tip top of DMB. Uh, Agreed. I'm going to have to agree. As much as I'd like to, uh, I'd love to debate you on this, but <laughs> I got nothing. It's that just, is I mean, the de facto. It is just absolutely perfect. The lyrics are perfect. The beat is perfect. It's just that's the thing that just drives me nuts about the acoustic tour is hearing what that song sounds like, because that song is acoustic from Yoshi's. And just the fact that they haven't even tried it is just ugh, it's just grating on me. And, and, and as much as I still love number 40 and I would never speak ill of it, I, I prefer Share the Time Again versus Tables Turned Again, the opening lyric. I think it's one of those songs that has to maintain its current level of rarity to maintain its current level of mystique. I don't think oh. it's... I mean, there might be a lot of people who say, oh, no, I want I want it in rotation, and that's fine. But I really, um, I really think that it just needs to kind of stay hidden uh, to, to keep its mystique, essentially. Oh, absolutely. And that happened in 2008 with Dreaming Tree. And there were actually a couple threads about people complaining about Dreaming Tree being played too much. It's like, seriously? Seriously, you're complaining about Dreaming Tree now? So, <laughs> Dreaming yeah, Tree and The Last Stop both got beat on pretty good that year. They did. People going, oh, God, Last Stop opened again? Like, well, you- it was. I, don't, I didn't have a problem with that. I just had a problem with the fact that the performances were bad. They just were bad at playing it. At, at Last Stop or Dreaming Tree? Uh, last Stop. Yeah, the, the, I, I, was, I wasn't crazy about the 2008 ones. I actually think... That we all got a little lucky at. We saw the first one in uh, West Palm Beach, and I actually think that was the best performance. Yeah, I, it's it's a song I think that requires a lot out of the band. I'd rather have them play it once every ten or twelve songs, and then it just have Dave go nuts, than play it once every three songs and have to hold back because it's such a a powerful song. I like right, I like the, I like the ones that he did in. Uh... <laughs> I like the ones he did in 2000. He did a no, he did a number in 2000, and um, you know one particular one, a little hometown show, a little Columbus, Ohio. Got to get a little um, little 40. I guess you could call it a partial a tease. I don't know. It's you know two minutes worth of of play time, which is pretty good for for a 40. Um, that's a nice memorable one. Actually, that you mentioned it. That that one was a great one, and the one from Deer Creek also was a great one. There was almost back-to-back shows early on there in 2000 where 40 was played in essentially what was as close to a full version as possible. Right. And, uh, and they were both very, very good. Yeah, Columbus, the one I'm talking about, was like the warm-up for the probably the most complete one of in Deer Creek. 
Yes, excellent. All right, Andrew, thank you for the question. Okay, so we've got Joe Zidio. Zidio? Zidlo? Zidlo. Ants Marching. Will we ever see them dig out Break For It, Break Free, or any other unreleased material starting with the word break? No, that was my addition. <laughs> but uh, or any basically <laughs> any other unreleased material on this tour? Um, I could use some Break Free if yeah. it was played yeah. more like the original version from 2006 as opposed to the... Um, 2011 version that came back. I wasn't crazy about that. Break for it. Uh, I really don't get the mystique behind that, except for the fact that it's rare. I'm not. I mean, it's it's a aching whisper away from being. Uh, if only if it was played a lot. Yeah, I, I break free was one of those newer songs that I didn't. That that was that was during the whole kill the king and. Uh, oh, what does he play on that little mini electric guitar? Oh, there was shotgun. It was idea you. Idea of you. I don't like yeah. the I, the only one of that group that I really like is uh, is shotgun. Yeah, well, the the that's another one too. The idea of you, the original creepy pedo version, was good. <laughs> um, then it kind of turned into this silly little crush that didn't make a lot of sense with the lyrics. Um, so I, I think that's a song that's regressed a bit. It's sort of like the. Um, the preacher man thing. It's the, you know, the original Mansfield jam was a lot better than the, um, the other version. You got any thoughts on that, Joe M? Nothing more to add. Nothing more to add. That's okay. That's fine. Because we got, Joe, we're not, questions. we're in the lightning round. Remember? We are. We, this is fast paced. Joe, we're not interrupting anything for you, right? You're okay. Oh no, I'm, I'm completely fine. Here's gotcha. a little cameo. A little cameo. All right, so we've got, uh, let's see, uh, Daniel Lowe at Lodan. Ants, the setless variation seems to have improved, but why did Gracery and Shake Me close nearly every set or encore? You see? So I'm not the only one with that thought. <laughs> Thank Good you, question. Good question. I wish I had an answer as well. I don't. Again, I'm going to say you can't hate on Gray Street, though. You really can't. I mean, just you just can't do it. I, the only thing, if you want to hate on that, then hate on the fact that there's one of the verses is still missing. Other than that, there's nothing to hate about Gray Street. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, so let's see what else we got here. Okay, so Henry at HS, HS Tech 41 ants. what songs have improved most with Jeff and which songs have gotten worse? Well, basically, you know, Jeff and Rashawn and Tim, essentially. What would the old touring members, what songs have improved and which have gotten worse, if any? <laughs> I, I, You know, I, I hate this. Roy versus Jeff comparison because they're really different. Their their styles are a little bit different, even though they're they're close to being, you know, they're close to each other, but they're really different. So I, I you know, I have a real. Is, is that what the question's time. asking? What songs well, have improved the most? With I would say I would rephrase I think, this question: I, What songs have improved the most with the addition of? And I don't think it's no so, so much Jeff, but. I'm thinking it just Tim. mean. I'm thinking it just mean this year. I'm thinking just talking about this tour. What what songs have gotten better? Okay. Okay. Uh, stolen away. It went from yep. being a clothes hanger abortion to being listenable. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I think Jimmy I thing's gotten worse because it's just yet another year older. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> and another year overplayed. Yeah, that's. I mean, I, I'm. I, I think that. Um, Gosh, even for the what would you say? What would you say? I'm gonna say that's. So I'm gonna. You like it better with the one. flute? I like it. Like it. Like it. Like it. And we heard it. Um, you know, a, a full band. You know, electric. After a little too much fake into it. 
And uh, also with the flute jam. He did the with flute, the flute jam. Just... Exactly what I was going to say. Yep. Um, that was electric. So um, that was pretty thing. good. With the, yeah. You said the too much fake was flute? No, no, no. Oh, what the, you say? The, flute, the flute in, what would you say, when it was played electric? I think the flute could work on anyone seeing the bridge. I think you could f- uh, float that in with, uh, with Fonzie's bass line. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, that is something that if they got a little creative, they could even try that acoustically. Oh, that, that might be, be cool. wild. That'd be cool. Yeah, I, It's weird. So much, anyone's seen the bridge too much. Though, so much to say and too much are two songs that I like, but I'm not jumping out of my seats for them. But I will take those three songs in a concert every every time just because I love that bridge. I love it. Yep. Yep, love yeah. the bridge, and I, I don't know. It's just this. I consider that classic DMB, yep. and you gotta you gotta get a little bit of classic DMB. Yep, I just it's weird. As as much as I'm sensitive to songs that I get sick of, I just never get sick of that transition. Never. I also got a little suggestion here from Mr. Wilson that "So Right" has gotten um, improved with uh, with Jeff on it. I think "So Right" was better last year than this year, slightly. Um, However, overall, So Right is better now than it was back prior to their existence. How's that? There you go. Agreed. Next question. Okay. Uh, Derek Favretto, and I wish his last name was Favoretto because it would just be much more fun to say. But anyway, Derek. Uh, Ants, do you think we'll see American Baby intro on this tour? God, I hope not. God, I hope so. Oh, you know what my favorite part of that song is? It's the 16th time that Dave says she said. That's the one that gets me. <laughs> yes, and I was about to. Are, oh, I'm with you, Jake. Okay. Oh, man, I was going to jump in on that, too. A song that was working title, She Says, I Wonder Why. Um, and I'm, realized not a li- that, I'm not a lyric. That this thing sucks and we can't write a song out of it, so let's just turn it into a jam. And, and let's call it an American Baby intro because, hell, it's before the track on the album. So that was really in the band's massive creativity stage, obviously. That, oh. that makes the titling 40 and 41 look like Shakespeare. It does. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I, I can't stand any song that basically is going to say, okay, now Dave's not going to be able to sing this next song to its potential because he just screamed for five minutes saying the same damn thing over yep. and over. <laughs> yep, probably my least favorite thing that they do when it's stuff like that when it's it's trying to shoehorn they're a creative group and talented bunch of musicians that kind of stuff is just not necessary it's called dynamics and they're they're building you know to a crescendo and that's the fun part of that wow. song no he's building I, to a throat ache yeah I, I would almost rather if they played it and he didn't sing I could probably tolerate it but I mean if any song is going to drop lyrics, that's something that should boot them and never come back with them. <laughs> <laughs> I want to mention Loving Wings, but I don't want to jinx myself. Oh, God. <laughs> Let's see. Okay, last question. Uh, Jared Shafran <laughs> says, Ants Marching, do you guys ever go back and listen to old podcasts to see how your views on songs have changed over the years? Go ahead, Matt. Okay, well... It's kind of two-part. I don't like to listen to myself at all. Like, I remember when I was a kid and I'd record myself on the answer machine and I would be like, I have the worst voice ever. So, no, I don't like to listen to myself, period. Um, let alone my opinions. I would never want to, you know, confront myself with the, with the possibility that I might be wrong or contradictory. And I'm sure it's extremely possible if I was to go back and listen. Um, 
No, I have. It's that you would so. contradict yourself. Well, yeah, I'm sure my opinions have changed over the years when I've said, no, I've always felt this way. Right. Um, yeah. I'm sure I could probably dig one or two of those out. Um, I don't imagine I ever loved Jimmy, but I suppose it's out there. Uh, if that someone, would be hilarious. If someone wants to go find that and cut that up. That <laughs> kind of like yeah. one of those politician things, right? That they would put be on hilarious. YouTube. This, this, this politician <laughs> last year and now this year saying the opposite thing. Um, I, I don't. I don't think that. there's a chance you ever like Jimmy thing. I no, really I don't, don't either. However, I do think there's a chance that you won't go back and listen to old podcasts for your own vanity's sake, Jake. What about you? I, I have never listened. To, I've never listened to one period, even when I was editing them together. I was just spot editing them and putting them together because I cannot stand going back and listen to them, just because I don't want to hear myself. If I might have said something wrong, just like you, I just want to pretend that everything I said was completely correct, and that's all there is to it. You have to ban yourself from all the episodes. <laughs> exactly. We don't want that to happen. Well, how about you, Joe? Do you uh, do you put it on in the do you put it on in the background and go stand in front of the mirror and wink at yourself? I usually do it in the morning when I shower. <laughs> it's, it's good shower listening. Yes. <laughs> no, I do not. I mean, there. I have come across it where. We're testing out some functionality, like trying to get it into like a podcast um, feed burner type thing, and all of a sudden it just starts playing automatically in iTunes, and you're just kind of, huh, that's what I sound like. That's that's pretty disappointing. Like I said, <laughs> uh, um, but I can't believe you just knocked down your voice, Matt. Matt, you got the radio voice of them all. I mean, Jake, what on one to ten? What do you what do you give Matt's voice? He could do voiceover work. I give him about a seven. Yeah, and I'd give I'd give him about a, a ten. So oh. Matt, you, you don't, I don't, don't, don't knock your voice. You got the radio voice. Uh, you could do, you could do voiceover work. You could make a, you could make a cut and do commercials there in, um, in, uh, the greater Northwest. Do you think I could be like a cartoon character in a movie? No. Like, not that, not that kind of voice. I'm thinking Gilbert Gottfried as the parrot is the bar that I'm shooting for <laughs> in Aladdin. You could be like that, uh, you know, it's huge. You could do one of those voices. Oh, like Billy Fusillo and upst- for for my upstate New York friends and family, they'll get that he's, reference. He's also in in Florida. Are you kidding me? No, he has a place down in Southwest Florida. So you know, it's huge. Yeah, he's the the absolute worst. How anybody would buy anything from that guy is. Is Tom me. Park down there too? Uh, I'm not familiar with Tom that Park. Tom Park is his media guy that got him started in upstate New York, and I'm surprised he's apparently he's doing his own thing down there in Florida. Wow. <laughs> No. So that was going to be the last question, but uh, Mark, uh, one of our Ants Plus members and friends of the site, um, asked if if we think they've done enough uh, with the songs acoustically. Um, the, Mark feels that for the most part they're playing them just the way they play them electrically, just on acoustic instruments, and he was expecting something more stripped down or smoky, loungy versions of the songs in the acoustic set too. How Are you guys satisfied with what they're doing acoustically, or were you expecting a little bit more? Uh, I'm... Honestly, I think they're a bit pedestrian. Um, so I would agree with that. I, I think that I expected, maybe this is on me, but I expected a little bit more. Um, I'm still very, very disappointed that Jimmy thing has not appeared in an acoustic set, which I think would really turn it around among the hardcore fans. Um, so I find that to be a bummer. And, and really, I, I don't think that there's a huge difference between what would you say acoustically and electrically. Now, I still love the song. I still think it's a great song, but the only difference really is the, was the flute, and now they're playing the flute in the electric version, so there really isn't that much of a difference. Hmm. My uh, my expectations, we talked about this before the tour had kicked off, uh, were low anyway. It, I, just, I just said I don't see how they're going to sound all that much different. 
So I didn't expect anything more. Uh, so I wouldn't call myself disappointed with it. But um, I'm 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 excited to see them live with the acoustic as as it sounds. Um, so I wouldn't say I'm disappointed. But I certainly wouldn't wouldn't mind if they really switched it up a little more wildly. Yeah, I would say um, uh, I I was I'm hoping for something more drastic change. Um, but I think we talked about I talked about this on a, pod, a past podcast that I don't think it's realistic that they could do uh, that much change because they they could run the risk of those changes being very ter- being terrible and actually getting to the point where people aren't even interested in coming in on the acoustic sets. That could be you know if they really if they set up this acoustic tour much differently than they have, and it was very, much more adventurous and much more different, it, it, it has a chance of not being successful. And that'd be a really awkward position yeah. to be to put the band, the band to be I mean, in. Your, like, your hardcores would like it, right? But that's really not what they're playing to. Yeah, you got See, you got to be you got to be you got to be the mayor and shake it. Got to please everybody. One of the things I liked about the Dave and Tim tour was that they changed songs around. Um, slower versions of songs. Sometimes they sped them up, like um, "Stay" from 1999 in like six eight time. That just sounded terrible. But at least they tried something different. And I think I was just expecting a few more things like that. And really, the only song that's vastly different is "Stolen Away." Yeah, thank God for that. Yeah. Well, I think that's about it uh, for podcast forty. Maybe I'll even throw a, a version of forty in on the. Um on the bumpers that we play in between our breaks. So keep an eye out for that. Maybe you've already Fancy heard it editing. in the first break. Depends on depends on what I've done. <laughs> Fancy <laughs> editing. Basically, it is get it out as quick as possible. We've got the 4th of July weekend coming up, so um, hopefully we'll have something for you to listen to over the weekend when you're out there in the sun, shooting off some fireworks, barbecuing, drinking some beer. Joe, Jake, you got any special plans for the weekend? I'm going to two Dave shows, if that sounds any I'm special stunned. at all. Um, but um, interesting little tidbit, as I don't th- believe um, we've had a guest on any of the two-night stand venues. Um, the guests have all come on single venue shows. So I don't know if that's at all intentional or the way it's worked out. So we'll see. If... Is, is that the same with the ladies? Yeah, same with the ladies, too. So we oh, will see. Right. We will see what happens um, with Chicago if that if a guest comes and breaks that, or if the guests just continue, keep continuing on the uh, the single show, single night shows. That's a good point. Good point. Hmm. What are you up to, Jake? I'll be playing Mario Kart Eight all weekend long. Thank you very much. Very nice. And I'm going out. <laughs> Can, are you gonna are you gonna give your handle? Uh, my what is my thing? Oh, it's it's Snake Money. So yeah, you can go ahead and connect to me, and I will run you into the ground. As you deserve it, if you'd like. I don't go care. Ahead, and go ahead and give Kevaroos, too. I, I think that's what Kevaroos is. It's I believe it's Kevaroo. There you go. So there you so, have it. So you could race him, but he sucks at it. And Ricky, Ricky, though. Watch out for Ricky. He's evil. <laughs> well, you, Matt? I'm going out to the peninsula of uh, Washington State this weekend with uh, the wife and the in-laws. So we'll be out there by uh, by the water. I'm looking forward to it. Is it warm out there? Because for those of us that don't, live in the pacific northwest we just have this perpetual picture that it's always 64 and raining and you drink a lot of coffee you wouldn't be you wouldn't be completely inaccurate for 80 percent of the year uh what's really been surprising this year i think is for the last month and a half i would say i mean mid-may early may we've had fantastically warm bout of weather i mean we're talking mid 70s that early in the year which is unheard of you normally you're right you're 50 low 60s and, and overcast 
we've had awesome weather going on two months now. Um, I love it. So, I mean, this week it hit 95. Yesterday it was 80. Um, it's 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 going to be a mid-70s week. It's, it's nice. Hmm. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, looking forward to it. Well, guys, thanks for, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks again to our Ants Plus members for joining us live. Um, check us out on Twitter, of course, on Instagram. Joe's been, you know, putting up some good pictures and some videos that are, seem to be really getting a, a good reaction. So, Joe, uh, you enjoy your shows this weekend. And, Jake, um, good luck at Mario Kart. <laughs> Aiming high. <laughs> uh, and, uh, again, everybody out there, thanks for listening to the Ants Mark 2 Art podcast. Have a good 4th of July. Still a time again Spoke with you A friend is always good to have But a lover's kiss is better than angels raining Thanks for listening to the AntsMarching.org podcast. Visit AntsMarching.org and be part of the largest DMB community on the Internet. Show downloads, Tour Central, personal show stats and set list game, and so much more. AntsMarching.org, the best stop for all things DMB.